Okay, AK heads, we are back with another episode of the Talking Lead AK Corner presented by Century Arms. This is episode 11 of 12. We are winding down the season two of the Talking Lead AK Corner. And uh, this week, I think we've got a pretty fun topic to talk about. We're going to be talking about the stigma that the AK has received over the years, the negative stigma of being the bad guy gun. And we went to social media prior to uh, recording this and asked, you know, what was your favorite movie, TV show, uh, book, whatever it may be, pop culture-wise, in reference to the AK. And we're going to go to our listeners, and uh, we're going to read some of those. And then we're going to pick three winners... We've got a great prize package this episode from U.S. Palm, Red Army Standard, and Century Arms. We've got three U.S. Palm mags that we're going to give away. We've got 100 rounds of 7.62 Red Army Standard, and we've got a U.S. Palm shirt and patch, and a Century Waterproof Travel Bag. That sounds interesting. So joining me this episode, I've got my partner in crime, my co-host with Occam Defense Solutions, Mr. Brian Keeney, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, all. Thanks for having me again. Welcome in, buddy. Glad, glad you could make here. it. So you've been, yeah. you've been uh, pretty consistent. We've only missed you one episode. So uh, we're glad that you're joining us this one because this is going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to this. Heck yeah. And the, the brainchild behind this episode, you know, everybody can thank this gentleman for the idea for the show. And it's uh, our good buddy, Drew. From Century Arms. What's up, Leadheads? Andrew Brenneman. What's going on, Leadheads? How y'all doing today? But yeah, this is going to be a fun show. Lots of cool stuff. Lots of uh, music and film references we can nerd out on. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So how did you come up with this idea, Andrew? What what spurred this? Um, I mean, it's uh, it's something I've just always thought about. Just in the you know the fact I sell AKs for a living and have for exclusively sold AKs for what about the last eight years now. Um, but I've been in the firearms business for 22 years. Yeah. I've been in the gun world my entire life. I grew up, you know, in the gun shows, at the shooting ranges, at the competitions since I was, you know, a little tiny kid, you know, three, four years old. Um, so just the AKs have always fascinated me. I've always been interested in it. And then just to see the how it's evolved from when I was a kid and I first got into them. Like, you know, I got my first AK when I was 12 years old. Oh, and, my gosh. <laughs> and I mean, and where the culture of the AK is today and to and you know in 2020 it's it's pretty it's a, been a pretty cool and interesting ride so it's something i thought would be a good topic in uh lead heads all around we get into it yeah i think so and just judging by the the comments from social media i think everybody's kind of getting on board with this so this is going to be fun also joining us for uh this episode of of shenanigans we'll call it <laughs> is is uh, our good buddy from iwi it's Jeremy Gresham, ladies and gentlemen, join us for the second time on the IAK Corner. Jeremy, welcome in. Thanks, man. Glad to be back. Looking at the comments on Facebook, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, no doubt. We're going to have a good time with this. So uh, if you guys didn't get an opportunity, make sure you go back to last episode because that, that'll tie in a little bit to what we're talking about today. We had uh, Jeff Kirkham on, and Jeff was a former Green Beret, and uh, he gave his unique perspective on the AK-47 while he was over in the 
uh, Middle East there doing his thing. You know, his preferred firearm was the AK-47, and he gave some great points as to to why he preferred that over the uh, you know the M16 and and whatnot. So uh, that's a good episode. Make sure you go back check that out, and um, you know, we'll probably get Jeff on again. He's the author of that Autumn Black Autumn book series, which I still haven't started yet. Have Have any of you guys started that Black Autumn book series yet? I don't, Shame I don't, on you, sir. I know. I'm I'm still reading the Jack Carr stuff, man. I got to get that knocked out, and then I'm going to do the Black Autumn. Yeah, I don't know how to read, Marty. <laughs> Drew Drew was lucky to uh, finish up high school because he was selling guns at 12. Who, who, who said I finished high school? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, check it out. Check out uh, Ready Man Network. That's uh, one of Jeff's uh, brainchilds as well. Great dude. Great information there, and we'll definitely get him back on the show. Founded in 2012, IWIUS is the USA-based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The IWIUS line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro pistol and SMG, the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms with real world proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement market. IWI U.S. are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Lead Head Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWI U.S. Let's, let's get into this. Let's talk about it. So the uh, AK-47... You know, we've gone into the history. We've talked about uh, Russia and their need for a new battle rifle. Uh, got their asses kicked by Germany. And, uh, you know, they, they called a big meeting for all their top designers and had a contest. And everybody knows which one came out on top. You know, Mikhail Kalashnikov and, and his uh, team of engineers and designers came up with the, uh, the AK-47. And we've, you know, we've talked about that history several episodes, so go back and, and check that out. So what, what would you guys think would be like the main, as far as America's concerned, introduction to the AK-47? Uh, well, Marty, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in on this one. Okay, man. Andrew. Um, really, where it starts in pop, in pop culture is going to be the Cold War, you know, when the Cold War started. Um, that's when, you know, Americans probably first became aware of the AK-47, even subconsciously. Um, you know, I don't know how old everyone on these, on this call is, but I know that me and Marty are old enough to grew up in the cold during the cold war. You know, remember in elementary school doing the nuclear, you know, drills where we hit on our desk because that would save us from a nuclear bomb. I think I started the cold war. Yeah, you might've. I think I was the cause of that. <laughs> But um, but that's really where it started, you know. Um, you would see the uh, the propaganda pictures, the propaganda films about the the giant red army that was going to come over and try to attack the United States, and you'd see the parades in Moscow and the guys with the AK forty sevens and the Cuban Missile Crisis and just all of that that propaganda machine that the United States had, as well as you know the Soviet Union did, um, you know, with all those propaganda films. Um, so that's really, I think, where the AK became a part of American pop culture and the understanding of it. Even though I don't think people really recognize it as, oh, that's the rifle. They just saw it in the hands of the enemy. Um, so right then and there, I think, is when the AK got its bad name. Um, and in the, the psyche of Americans and you know people in the U.S., um, the AK was bad from that point forward. 
Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think that's that's probably got a lot to do with it in in you know America seeing that those the Cold War, the Russians are our enemies, and that's the weapons that they're using. So, you know that that definitely would paint a, a picture, and it did in my mind too. You know, growing up, I had the I had two older brothers, and you know the big GI Joes, the big twelve inch GI Joes were you know the thing for kids back in those days. And I can't remember the big ones ever having you know any of the the enemy's weapons or anything. You always had the the good guy stuff. Yeah, the M1 Grands and the M1As and right, exactly. You know, uh, you know all that equipment. Uh, and it wasn't until years later that we get introduced to you know as kids some of the Eastern Bloc uh, weapons and stuff. So, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But another thing that was going on during that time, the Vietnam War. Yep. You know that that I think that's probably the the biggest culprit as far as the AK-47 getting the the stigma of being the bad guy gun. Yeah, um, absolutely, Marty. I mean, with the with the Vietnam War, um, it was the first time that American soldiers, U.S. soldiers, had faced the AK-47 in combat. Um, so, you know, our soldiers were, were firing at them with, with our, you know, M-16s, and they were shooting back with, you know, AK-47s. Um, so that was kind of the first introduction of U.S., you know, American culture to the AK-47 in, in combat. Yeah. Um, and that, and that, you know... That stigma lasted for a very, very long time on both sides because that was what originally brought interest of the a- in the AK to United States consumers on a commercial side. But it also stigmatized the AK, gave it a real bad rap. Um, growing up, like I said, kind of ingrained it. You know, that's yeah. that's the thing that just really ingrained it is uh, because we were actually getting firsthand accounts of the AK, and the AK was kicking our ass. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't in the beginning of the war because in the beginning of the war. The Viet Cong, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the arsenal. Yeah, they were using Mosins and SKSs primarily. Using, yeah, crappy, you know, crappy stuff. And, you know, their guerrilla warfare tactics was getting them through until, you know, Russia and China came through and started funding them and providing the arsenal that uh, ended up really causing us a pain in the ass there in Vietnam. What about you, Jeremy? I mean, I, I agree. I mean, like you said, the Vietnam War is really when our soldiers became like a custom, you know, that's the first time I've ever seen it. And then on top of that, they were dealing with the malfunctions of the M16. So, you know, the, the, the propaganda that the, that was being pushed back, uh, on whichever side of the fence you look at, but I mean, not only were we getting our, you know, were we having problems with the M16, but we were also, uh, you know, they were contributing that to the problems that were going on in Vietnam. And then they were like, well, then, you know, you got a superior firepower with the AK and this is what we're going up against. This thing doesn't jam. And then you've got guys coming back saying, you know, we picked them up and started using them. Uh, you know, that's when you probably had a good bit of people trying to bring them back over as war trophies. I'm like, look what I took mm-hmm. type thing. But then shortly, you know, as you get into the, you know, the, the 80s, further past all that you know then the the u.s gets inundated with you know surplus ak's and then all of a sudden it's like the you know it was being publicized as the cheap weapon system so not only was it our weapon of the enemies but it was also inferior quote-unquote to what america can produce type thing yeah absolutely yeah and then you know the vietnam war was 1955 through 1975 and uh, like you said, uh, the Americans came out with the M16. It was the first time that the M16 was was used, and 
Uh, in the beginning, unfortunately, yes, they did have a lot of issues with that. Uh, you know, improper gunpowder. They didn't use the recommended gunpowder. He was getting gummed up. Uh, you know, the ammo just wasn't really working great. Um, a lot of jams, a lot of rust. They weren't using the, you know, the coated barrels. And, uh, you know, they just kind of trial and error, unfortunately. What was happening was, you know, the troops would, whenever they, they could get the AKs, they would take the AKs and they would get piles and piles of the AKs and they would reappropriate them to their special forces units and the special forces units would take those AKs and, you know, go in and wreak havoc. They would reappropriate some of the ammo too. They would, I read this in an article, some warfare tactics that they were using, you know, they would intentionally produce bad ammo and put it out there for the enemy to find. And, of course, you know, they would get that ammo and start using that ammo, and it would be backfiring on them and blow up in their face or, you know, whatever. And they would do the same thing with the guns, too. So for a while there, they were telling the U.S. troops, you know, if you find an AK laying around or you find some ammo, don't use it, don't take it, because, you know, more than likely it's something that they sabotaged. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. For sure. Yeah, and that was probably also part of the propaganda war to keep the guys from picking up enemy's weapons and using them. <laughs> could have been, yeah, definitely could have been. Uh, but once they figured out the issues with the you know the M16, then they reissued it, uh, and uh, it did a lot better. But still, the AK was the superior the superior gun there. I would say superior for dep- dependability, but some of the guns that the Viet Cong were using were were not exactly hardcore high quality AKs that we associate with the with the uh with the gun nowadays. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But um but they it, were getting the reliability and, you know, the the function that they needed at uh, out of it. Yeah. But in the beginning, you know, our our government officials and leaders were telling our troops, you know, how crappy that the arsenal was and in the beginning the Viet Cong arsenal was, you know, we mentioned that earlier how crappy their you know, their weapons were and I think once the AK started coming in you know, everybody just had that in their mindset already, you know, that the AKs were such crappy guns and useless weapons. Yeah. But they found out to the contrary. But, yeah, so, I mean, as far as the pop culture thing goes, I mean, the Vietnam War ends. We're in the 70s. Um, there's still not a supply of AK-47s in the commercial market. There's 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 not guns for people to buy. Not in America. Um, not in the U.S. at this no, point. I mean, not the Cold, in America. Yeah, the Cold War is still happening. Um, these guns, you know, the... The, you know, just the uh, the profile of an AK-47 is basically evil. It's communist. It's bad news, um, and that and that is where the AK lies for for quite some time, until honestly, until the bamboo curtain comes down, um, to when we uh, normalize trade relations with China, um, and that is really where the commercial market or the the buyer's market for AKs in the U.S. starts. Um, I don't even remember the date of when that started happening, but I remember the first time I started seeing AKs as a kid and in uh, like for sale. And that was in the, you know, mid, mid eighties. Um, you started to see them pop up, you know, the, the early Chinese stuff, the polytechs, the mm-hmm. polytech legends, the underfolders. Um, of course then, you know, also all the, you know, the Comblock uh, Chinese handguns, the Tokarevs, a lot of the Tokarevs would come in in 760 by 25, um, but that's when the the guns actually really started to come in and be available in the U.S. market. Um, they were extremely cheap. They didn't cost nothing. I mean, they were basically the high point of their day. 
um, <laughs> to where people, you know, they were they worked, they went bang, they were somewhat accurate, they were dependable, but they were super super cheap, and they got a real bad rap. Um, so you know, gun people, quote unquote, gun people shunned it, shunned it horribly. Well, and it's not just because of the Vietnam War. I mean, obviously that that mm-hmm. is a big contributing factor to it, but. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, in the news during that time, AKs were being used, you know, during the, the Munich Olympics, Germany, 1972. Mm-hmm. Eight young Palestinians disguised as athletes entered the Olympic Village carrying the Kalashnikovs, you know, in their duffels. And uh, they seized the Israel athletes. Uh, you know, that was huge back in the day. That was uh, all over the news. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, bad guys with the AK there causing terror. Um Back in the uh, the 80s in El Salvador, you had the uh, the guerrillas, uh, East Germany, North Korea, and you know Cuba, global network to arm the Soviet friendly groups. Um, yeah, absolutely. All Central America was flooded with with Kalashnikov style rifles, as well as Galils. And we have Jeremy here. That's right. <laughs> All of Central oh, America yeah. was was completely saturated with Galils and and Kalashnikov style rifles. Well, that's um, something that Russia did too. Is you know they just they basically patented it out they're like you mm-hmm. know here go make our guns for all their you know allied countries yeah and they would and they would also funnel pass them in. yeah they would also funnel them in illegally i mean just like the u.s was doing um you know we were backdoor funding <laughs> and arming all kinds of revol- counter-revolutionaries and you know mm-hmm. the shadow cold war um so we were flooding we were buying ak-47s we were buying them and right. giving them to other countries exactly um, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, throughout history, I mean, from the, when the AK started, it's been the bad guy's gun. Then you have the drug cartels in the 80s using the AK-47s and, you know, um, that was the, you know, if you were doing a shock story in Florida in the 80s, you know, of a cocaine bust or a shooting, they, you know, they showed a picture of a Mac 11 or an AK-47 every time, <laughs> you know, Mac 10 or Mac 11 or, or an AK-47 was the, you know, the the standard newsreel of the day um, for yeah. any of that kind of stuff. And then when the in the 90s, when the Rwandan genocide was going on, you know, yeah. you saw those guys toting around. Is it is Which country in Africa had the, the AK on their flag? Uh, there was a couple. Mo- yeah. Was it the Congo or was it Rwanda? M- Mozambique is the one that has it. Yeah, Mozambique. Uh, that's presently. It. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, there's there, we have an interesting history of of issuing or you know not not using products that were made by really bad people mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see which ones have taken off and which ones haven't like the volkswagen there's a lot of people at least when i was growing up in the in the area i was growing up who wouldn't buy a volkswagen because that was a company that hitler really stood up and um you know there was enough of a taint on it from that that people didn't really want to be tied back to anything associated with that and Hitler was a chump next to the communists. You know, the communists okay. killed at least a factor of 10 more than than what Hitler, um, you know, his his dastardly uh, exploits there. And so, you know, the while I while I personally don't have any of those negative feelings towards the AK now, I certainly remember um, that growing up and uh, seeing. Yeah. Just when you see it over and over and over again from really bad people, it's like, well, you probably don't want to go there. You know, that, that is generally good wisdom. Right. And then, and then of course the, well, even, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. 
well, even if you consider that to, in today's world, right? Like how many years and how many hundreds of thousands of AKs were on the market Millions. before the accept, before the accept, I mean, even here in the U S though, like before the U S accessory companies decided we should probably support this weapon system. So they were basically letting their negativity and their mindset speak more than their arguably their financial mindset. If you think about it, how many years did it take to get true quality accessories for the AK like you have today and even growing on that? I mean, hey, hey Jeremy, we're past like 10 years. Yeah. yeah. We're we're going to get to that as we talk and and ex and explore further into the the psyche and the pop culture of the AK47. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad uh, somebody's got a handle on this shit. <laughs> yeah, but we are definitely gonna, we are definitely going to get to exactly what Jeremy's talking about, and and at least my theories on why that is and why it's happened. But um, for all intents and purposes, though, since 1955, the bad guy to America that any person we've considered bad, there's always a picture or a video of them running around with an AK of Absolutely. some sort. Absolutely. Yeah, And it's like the news goes after that photo to drive that point even more. And then if you look at it, to even with to, you know, prior to that in 94 and the assault and weapons ban, the Democrats used it as well to drive their point using mm -hmm. the AK there too. Yep. So that whole mindset, oh, I can correlate this weapon system to bad people. So I'm going to correlate it to helping me get what I want done here in America. And that was the assault gun weapons ban on 94 as well with the M4. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it's funny too, because if you look at, at the, the gun control, you know, now it's all about the R 15. It's all about the R 15, but in the, it, before the assault weapons ban, no one mentioned really the AR-15. It was all, every piece of media was all about the AK-47. Gangbangers were using it. All these bad people were using it. And that was definitely psychologically used and is one of the reasons they got the 94 um, assault weapons ban passed was because of the AK-47. That was definitely the focal point of um, that. And they and they would use a lot of pictures of Uzis too for some reason. But um, <laughs> Yes, yes, very much so. Yeah, it was like, it was. It, if you ever saw anything that wasn't an AK-47, for some reason it was always an Uzi. An Uzi. <laughs> but I think they just did that because people knew what they were from movies. You know, if they would have showed... Well, you know, some obscure gun. Well, the Uzi no became famous in America Whoa. because of the uh, the attempted assassination of President Reagan and his uh, Secret Service. Well, it was also it was also very very widely used um, with the gangbangers or you know the drug well, the drug runners in Florida too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the North Hollywood shootout? You know, didn't didn't those guys run around with AKs? Yep, they sure did. Yep, they absolutely did. Yeah, they absolutely did. They hard, had AKs. Hard to think that that was like 25 years ago, right? Like. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, like, oh, it's, yeah, pretty much. It, that was so long ago that I actually have a VHS videotape of a documentary what? about the Hollywood shooting. <laughs> wow. A lot of our listeners are going, what's VHS Just tape? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, Marty. So, I mean, and it... The bad guy stigma, I mean, those are some of the key ones, but, I mean, just skirmishes and little things all over the world you know, from the 50s all the way to present day, uh, you know, like I said, El Salvador, the Hungarian Revolution, uh, obviously the Iraq War was, you know, big uh, on the stigma of the AK, the Afghanistan uh, skirmishes that we've had, uh, even Russia, when Russia went over there and uh, was, was trying to kick Afghanistan's ass, that's kind of Afghanistan or Russia's uh, Vietnam was the Afghanistan 
uh, when they went mm-hmm. out it absolutely was it was a it was a proxy <laughs> war they fought in afghanistan and we yeah. and we bought illegal AKs and gave them to the mujahideen <laughs> right i was going to say how many hundreds of thousands of AKs did we spy there to to go back after him Yep. Right, which is what supplied ISIS and you know all those. Um, oh, the Taliban, absolutely. Taliban I mean, people today it was weapons that the U.S. bought to fight uh, against the Russians. Yeah, I mean, we didn't only we didn't only arm the Taliban; we actually trained the Taliban. Um, so you know, it's one of those one of those mistakes that was made during the Cold War for sure. But I um, mean, we were doing it all over the world. Um, you know, we were doing it all through Central America. We were doing it in Africa. We were doing it in obviously in the Middle East. Um, fighting proxy wars against, you know, communism and the Russians. Um, and the AK-47 obviously was a huge, huge part of that. Um, and it, it, it is the gun of a revolution. I mean, if you look back since the AK-47 has been out, every revolution pretty much in the world has been started, fought, and finished with AK-47s. Um, you know, you, you don't see any revolutionary forces using, you know, M-16s or AR-15s for the most part. Um, it is kind of, it's been the gun of the people, the gun of the revolution always has been. Um, so, well, you know, since it came out, yeah. but, uh, we keep going, we keep going down the path we're going and we'll change that theory here in the United States. If we get it, if they, uh, push another weapons ban, we'll yeah. start it with the M4. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be the, it'll be the first time in history, but it could happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, armed insurrection, but I can tell you if there is an armed insurrection in the U S there'll be plenty of AKs used as well. <laughs> For sure. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. But, um, but you know, so you're going through all this and then you get up into the, you know, into the 80s. So let's kind of get into like the commercial sales, the commercial market and the beginning of the U.S. AK gun culture. Okay. Um, let's do that, I think Andrew. that I think that's where, I mean, that's where we're really going to take off into pop culture is really when the AK becomes part of our U.S. gun culture. Because everyone agrees that, yeah. that we have a gun culture here that's unique to any place else in the world, um, you know, and... I grew. I obviously grew up in the gun culture, and I was enamored with AK-47s. Um, I absolutely love them. I, it, there's probably something wrong with me, but I love something about the bad guy gun. You know, like with GI Joe, I always liked the Cobra characters better than the Joe characters. You know, so, <laughs> we were going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I like Darth Vader better than Luke Skywalker. But you know, there's people that are if, like that. If he used a gun, Darth Vader would use an AK. Absolutely, he would if he was evil. For sure. Um, but um. But so, so then the guns became available, like we kind of touched on earlier. People started buying them. Now, they were very cheap. So, yes, some criminal element definitely got into the AK-47. Um, you know, there were, you know, you know, druggies, gangbangers, you know, L.A., Hollywood shooting like we just talked about. I mean, the AKs were definitely used. Um, but numbers will show, just like they do nowadays, that very, very few people were actually being shot with AK-47s. People were using them to flex, you know, like, look, I got this big gun, but really they were shooting each other with pistols. Um, you know, regardless of what movies say, you know, the FBI statistics are pretty, pretty clear all throughout the 80s and 90s that still almost every murder that happens happens with a handgun, not a rifle. Um, so they, they got this bad rap. Um, you know, they're the cheap, they're the dirt. You can only really buy them at gun shows. If you go to your local gun shop, they probably don't have them. Um, you know, you very rarely saw an AK-47 in a gun store, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. Um, and a lot of that had to do with gun stores wouldn't carry them. I mean, honestly, Marty, like literally less than a year ago, I have a, I have a very large customer that, that owns a, a pretty large gun, you know, gun store. Mm-hmm. 
Um, until a year ago, he refused to carry AK-47s because he was in Vietnam and he hated AK-47s and would not sell them. Um, the only thing that got him to finally carry them is that they were made in the U.S. And, and, you know, and I told him that, you know, well, all your competitors are selling them. So your customers are going somewhere else to buy them. <laughs> so that, you know, that, you're that very worked. patient with that, with that guy. <laughs> that, that, that worked as well. But, but I mean, saying, I'm, you know, up till, you know, a year ago, there are still gun shops in the U.S. There's a lot of them. I mean, you know, I go to gun shops every, or used to go to gun shops every day <laughs> before COVID, but, um, you know, and there's a lot of gun shops to this day that will not carry AK 47s. We do not sell AKs. We don't sell AK variants. Um, just simply because That's you know mind blowing. they were in Vietnam. I mean, I I, I run into guys from you know I, that fought in Iraq and you know Afghanistan, and they hate AKs because you know the guys that were shooting at them were shooting AKs. Um, and I get it, you know, I, I don't have a problem with someone not liking the AKs, but it's just you know it is a that is a propaganda but based on based on the yeah the the yeah. propaganda aspect that somebody doesn't like yeah. it. I mean, that's kind of yeah. You know. So AKs, AKs really, you know, kind of took off. And um, so then you get to the the first ban, which a lot of people don't like to talk about because it happened under Republican, was the Chinese import bans. Um, mm-hmm. So this is when AKs they used to be, you know, $100 to $250 um, coming in from China. That's when all that stopped. Um, they banned the import of assault weapons and handguns from China. Um so that's when, you know, your Type 56, your Polytech Legends, your Polytech Underfolders, all the cool AKs coming out of China, you know, the Spikers, um, all the Chinese SKSs that were, you know, $49, you know, stuff like that in the early days. Um, all that stopped coming in. Um, they, they did some things, um, where they, uh, you know, they changed the, they started bringing the Mac 90s with the big giant thumbhole stocks, took the muzzle brakes off of them, you know, stopped selling them with the spikers, took the bayonet lug, cut the bayonet lugs off of them. And there was ways around it, but the glory days of super cheap, super cool AKs being dumped everywhere were over. And then fast forward just, a, you know, what it maybe a, I don't even think it was two years later, the 1994 assault weapons ban happens. Um, so that really kind of puts, uh, you know, pretty much just a total damper on um, on AKs in general, as far as the commercial public buying them. Um, they're still out there. Obviously, people are still into them. Um, they are bringing in different variations until all Chinese imports of rifles and handguns and ammunition is completely stopped a few years later. Um, so even when, you know, even neutered or whatever, you couldn't bring any rifle, any pistol or any ammunition in from China. Um and that really, really kicked the AK's ass, and it was kind of, you know, just flopping around um, in the sun. Then you come to, you know, 2004, or yeah, 2004 when the assault weapons ban is repealed, or sunshines, it wasn't repealed, it just expired. And, um, and the AR-15 market explodes. Um, you know, previous to that, there was really only three people making AR-15s after the expiration of it. I mean, everybody knows how many people make AR-15s now. Um, you know, it explodes everywhere and then slowly, but surely this, you know, the wall comes down, the cold war's over. We're starting to get imports and surplus in from the Eastern block, which we hadn't in the early days of the AK it was pretty much Chinese stuff. Then we start getting in all the com block stuff, the, you know, the Bulgarian stuff, the Romanian stuff, um, you know, all stuff from all over the, the communist world starts to come into the U S and um, and that's when I I feel like the AK culture really kind of started in the U.S. was after the uh, the ex- expiration of the assault weapons ban, um, and 
being still cheap. It still had a bad rap, but it was becoming more popular then. Does anybody else? When when did you first get into the uh, the AK, Brian? 2014, 2013, somewhere in there. Oh, wow. You're like, you're like a millennial almost in the AK world. Easy now. Easy now. <laughs> What's your language, boy? <laughs> uh, no, I, I shot, uh, you know, 22s and hunting rifles and that sort of thing all through my childhood and some shotguns. But my dad had had a, a very long stint in Vietnam and was was – really done with killing folks and so he didn't really want black guns around and i i would always you know save up my paper delivery money or whatever and buy guns and ammo magazine as a little kid so i i loved the gun culture from a very early age but just didn't have a lot of exposure to it and um then was uh, looking for uh, def getting into defensive weapons and looked at the AK and had exactly the common reaction of that's a disgusting commie looking gun. It's, it's so ugly. I don't know if I could bear to even pick one up. And uh, when, but I wanted a 30 cal defensive firearm. And so I started trying to engineer my own AR 10 with a short barrel and just realized that I was in, or I was down in the weeds in a really big way and then popped my head up and was like, Hey, short barreled 30 cal high reliability. Damn. You know, I better go look at the ugly commie gun again. And, um, that's when the love affair started. It was fully, I had to get dragged through all of the, the pragmatic solutions that the commies had come up with to really go, Oh, got it, you know, function over form. And then I started to love the form because of the function. Oh yeah. What about you, Jeremy? So, I mean, I grew up in, you know, Florida and around bolt guns and, and shotguns on a farm. And, uh, we had a, an old school SKS. We shot it. It was fun. Um, I really didn't get into like a love affair with, with it until uh, when I deployed overseas with the military uh, and you start studying more of what you're actually being shot at with um, and, and what it could do in, in the wound channels. And then you have a, a new appreciation of something because you're studying ballistics at that point And you're studying, you know, how you're finding weapon systems that are significantly older than what you're carrying over there. And yet they're still running. They're covered in rust and they just keep chewing up and spitting out anything you put in it. So then you you start looking at it like wow this is this is a like you said this is a revolutionary gun as far as what it was in its time and what it is today, uh, and then as I got out of the military I you know I ran a gun store and talking to them like what you're talking about you know prior to the '94 they were buying pallets of SKSs and AKs you know for pennies on the dollar it seemed like and they were selling them for as cheap as they could get them but that particular gun store, when I got there in 2007, they didn't have any black guns or AKs. And they were like, you know, our customer base doesn't like it. And even that part of that, that part of the, the country in North Florida and South Georgia, you know, people would pull out their, their high end bolt guns and gas guns and things of that nature. But then they'd have this AK in the background. And it was like this stigmatism, like, well, we're not going to pull that out of the safe because we don't really know what all about it. And then eventually the store came around to, more M, you know, more AKs, more M4s, more defensive sporting rifle stuff, and you know, with today's world, it's uh, modern technologies help progress the AK into 
a, a, the next generation of gun buyers and gun culture. So let's get into um, let's get into the pop culture. Let's talk about the movies, the TV shows. Uh, you know, uh, there's been tons and tons of, of movies about the Vietnam War. Uh, you know, I think they're still making movies uh, about the Vietnam War. The Green Berets back in John Wayne's day, uh, you know, was was based on the Vietnam War. And I've not I've not seen that movie. Have, has, have any of you seen the Green Beret? How have you not seen that movie, Marty? Is that even possible? Because there's so many movies, Andrew. Uh, well, it's John Wayne. <laughs> I can though. only watch so it, many movies. But it's John Wayne. You should have seen every movie he's made anyway. No. Okay, well, that's a really good one. But, but um, I don't know. Are there AKs in that one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There are AKs yeah. in that? Or are they yeah. using the old, you know, pre-AK weapons in that? Because I watched some clips on it, and I couldn't find any AKs in it. Yeah, there were some AKs in that movie. Okay. I'm pretty if sure. If you say so. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I can't imagine there weren't. I don't um, know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so many so many great examples. But especially of the, AK. the early movie, the early Vietnam movies. I mean, that yeah. it was the bad guy gun, you know, absolutely, and it, and it was the hero that was that was taking down the guy with the AK, yeah. you know. So that Hollywood definitely helped contribute to the the stigma of the bad guy gun. I mean, you can go th- platoon. Hey, what um, was the what was the, the movie? deer hunter? What was the movie that Gunny was in? That really terrible one. Oh, the uh, something at Firehouse some, Fire Gloria, something. Firebase Gloria. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> they had some AKs in Firebase Gloria, dude. That's right, earlier. That's like one of his uh, earlier movies. Yeah, he was like the star of that movie. That was a really good movie. You guys should check it out. Firebase Gloria, starring the Gunny. There's some kung fu in it too. It's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have the joy of having a few Vietnam era green berets as customers, and uh, nice. you know, as I understand it, the green berets during that time and some of the Mac V Sog guys, they could kind of carry whatever the hell they wanted, and they weren't getting a resupply during the time they were in. It was like carry what you can and get out, and um, they. Uh, they have very high praise for the AK when I talk with them. And I think the difference was, you know, like you hear about this a lot with PTSD where it's not so much the guys the the high speed, low drag guys, as it is the guys who are having to drive in convoys and just wait to get blown up by an IED or an ambush for for whatever reason, when you're in the, the hunter killer mindset, it's a little less hard on your brain. And I wonder if there's a similar thing because these old guys that call me up and want to talk about putting it on themselves, because damn it, you know, that's, that's the kind of people they are. Um, you know, they, they, they really don't have any of that feeling about the AK. And I, I suspect it's because they were in charge. They could pick whatever weapon they wanted and yeah, they were in control. And so that in, in a jungle environment like that, boy, I'd pick the AK over an AR any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. um, what was the what was the really really um, Full Metal Jacket? No, not Full Metal Jacket. Another um, Gunny movie. Yeah, which is a great, probably the one that really made him super famous was Full Metal Jacket for sure. But um, I no, thought I'm it thinking was his of, uh, appearance on X Files. Oh, you but. think that's what, that was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, Hearts Darkness was the book it was based off of. But why am I um, Apocalypse Now? Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah one yeah, of the yeah. greatest Vietnam movies ever made. Yeah, you know, it's freaking awesome. But yeah, tons and tons of AKs in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mentioned Earth, the Deer Hunter. Yeah, um, deer I, don't, hunter. I don't want that one to fall through the cracks. And then, that was and a then very good movie the ultimate Rambo: First Blood Part Two, 
which Rambo. I don't think anyone is going to argue with me that that's not probably the most popular best Vietnam era movie ever made. <laughs> I mean, we got our M60s, listeners, we got AK-47s, we got everything in that. Our our listeners can't watch Andrew right now, but just trust me that if you could <laughs> Andrew, you wouldn't argue with him. At the, the, the conviction with yeah. which this man shows in his body right now is, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, I'll agree with you. I will agree <laughs> I mean, with you. I mean, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, you know, that and Red Dawn, which is the greatest of all. You know, com block. Well, now we're gonna, we're gonna get to that one now, but that but that's those a little two different. movies, those two movies changed but all my these, life. All these movies leading up to the Rambo and the you know the Red Dawn. You know, it's been the it's been the bad guy gun. So it kind of switches around in Red Dawn to where the good guys use the bad guys gun against them, and yep. and thus, I mean, you see the the Red Dawn. You see Patrick Swayze and the Swayze dude. and uh, Charlie Tiger Sheen. Blood, Tiger Blood Sheen. <laughs> uh, you know, rocking the AK and see Thomas Howell. I mean, he oh, just yeah. goes nuts with the AK and the RPGs. And uh, I mean, that movie I think was probably a turning point in people's mind and the image of the AK 47 to where, you know, good guys are using it now. No, absolutely. I mean, that I mean, you know, I've pretty much based my entire life off of that movie. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's that you are wearing your patrick swayze shirt today no man i'm wearing my my uh i, I can't even say what i call this shirt can i no you can't it is I, uh, an ak-47 with a rainbow magazine it, it, it shoots nothing but positive vibes there you go um you know one i would i would differ with you very slightly marty and that i wish I don't... you would please <laughs> I, I don't think the AK is necessarily viewed as the pop culture tool of the good guy as much as it is of the outlaw pirate Han Solo type, the reluctant good guy, yeah. the bad boy who, who every, you know, every woman with daddy issues is trying to rescue. You know, that's <laughs> that sort of uh, image is what what is conjured to me. Yeah. Um, Rambo. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna argue with Andrew. He's, yeah, I mean, he's very passionate. I mean, I mean, you think about it like the Rambo, the first movie, he's shooting cops, you know. Then the second movie, he's shooting VCs breaking out of a you know prison camp. You know, it's like he was not necessarily a good good guy. You know, he was a good guy that he was had a some bad tendencies. Now, he was a victim. He was a, he didn't have bad tendencies. He wanted yeah. to be good. Now, I will disagree with you all day on that. Wow. Rambo was not a bad guy. He was a good guy. That just wanted to be left alone. And then when he was pushed. Yeah, he pushed back. He Absolutely. pushed back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. agree. But well, like, if well, then you think about it too. Also, in like Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. I mean, oh, when they yeah. were training, and they're and they're shooting at him with the AK, and the the lieutenant's like, "What is that coming from?" And they recite the, you know, it's the chosen weapon of our enemies. I mean, that in that movie was 1986. I mean, they were still preaching it. Oh, absolutely. You know, right after. Yeah, and then I mean, you see it in video games. Um, what are those? Um, those uh, shit. What's the name of those video games? Contra? Grand Theft. Grand Theft Auto. Oh, before that, Contra. Yeah. You've got like the anti-hero that's running around. You know, the AK is a big one in that. Yeah. Um, you've got. TV well, I mean, shows. even when. Go ahead. I mean, even with today's Call of Duty things in that nature. I mean, if you're not the American side, you you get. You know, if you're playing the actual game, you were given the AK or. 
SKS or some variant of that such, you weren't given the American gun. Yeah. But yeah, you know, in, in those video games, Battlefield, Call of Duty, very prevalent. The AK, the AK variants, Galils are you know very prevalent in those. You know, it, it may surprise some of our listeners that the AR-15 is not the second most popular gun in the world. It's the FAL. And it's interesting yeah. to me, we're discussing this here, as to why the FAL, and I, I think I think there are practical reasons for it in, the, in that it's not as good a system as the AK. But it's interesting. And real quick, the, Brian, for, for our yeah. listeners that are new to it, tell them about the, where it's from and what it is real quick. So the, the FAL is made by Fabrique Nationale or uh, FN out of Belgium. And um, it is a 308 battle rifle. Um, some of my customers got into a very heated exchange with one of my other friends who's, or uh, Zach Hall is his name, Atlas Defense, really oh, yeah. awesome. Zach's been on the show. Yeah, yeah we know Zach. Yeah, yeah. So Zach, somebody was talking about... Uh, great fighting rifles or the thread was on fighting rifles and zach was like hey the odiad you know he had mentioned some good battle rifles and somebody's like what about the 1775 and he's like very fine fighting rifle not a battle or very fine rifle not a battle rifle and everybody got <laughs> super pissed at him and they didn't realize that he was being technical and technically correct that the foul is not in the same um the way the canadians call uh, the AK and the AR to them an M4. They don't call them assault rifles, and this is some SOCOM guys or Canadian SOCOM guys that I know. They call them assaulters rifles, and I love that description because the AK and the M4 or AR platforms are lightweight, ergonomic, highly reliable systems for people running and gunning. And the FAL is a battle rifle. It is a bigger. Um, Bigger cartridge, it's 7.62 NATO or 308, and it can stretch out a good deal longer. It's heavier. Um, it is piston driven or op rod driven in the same way that, in a similar way to how the AK is. It is much more complicated, in my opinion. I went and I realized that nobody had really tapped the foul lately for good stuff. And so I was looking back through the design to see if there was something I could steal. You know, a, a phenomenal amount of AK improvements are just thefts from the Galil. Um, and I was thinking, hey, maybe I can do, do the same thing. And I started looking at it, and boy, is it complicated. So mm -hmm. in contrast to the very simple AR and a little less simple, or sorry, simple AK, less simple AR, the FAL just has a bajillion parts to it, and they're beautiful yeah. in their own way. Um, but yeah, just searching for one will give you an interesting view. They're extremely prolific in Africa. Um, mm. They were heavily used in the Rhodesian Wars, and uh, I suspect elsewhere, Congo, that kind of thing. But those don't really have a stigma of being like a bad guy gun. Well, because they weren't a bad guy gun. If, just to give yeah. the the the, the so, real short, it was the right short, arm of the free world. Yeah, the short and sweet. Every other free country in the world pretty much used the FAF, FAL. So except I wonder the US. if is is the the M sixteen, the M four, the AR fifteen. Is that considered the bad guy gun to Russia and Iraq and Afghanistan? And is I would imagine would probably. We, is there somebody that's got yeah. a podcast over there right now that's saying that, you know... The hey, hey, Marty, we're not the bad guys over there, remember? <laughs> we're there to help. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I also suspect that, that uh, what we're talking about right now would be 
first world problems as to whether you like how a particular gun looks or not. I suspect a dude <laughs> who captures a loadout from one of our guys is pretty stoked, but I could be wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you that we're definitely talking first world problems. Yeah. So another movie that I think uh, really exemplified, you know, what we're talking about on the AK-47 and really brought it to to uh, brought awareness to it was Lord of War. You guys familiar hmm. with that movie? Oh yeah, great movie. Nicholas. The Cage, opening right? sequence of that movie is the best. I could just watch the opening sequence of that over and over and over again, where they take uh, the manufacturing of a 762 by 39 from start, it, you know. Doing all the process to it, tumbling down. I mean, they got, it's like they've got a GoPro on it, on one bullet, to where it gets packed up, shipped over to wherever it's going to some big conflict over in Zimbabwe or wherever it's going, loading it into the gun, and then you see all these boom, 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 and it finally works its way up the magazine, and then boom to its target. I mean, it's yeah, no, that's it's amazing. That's, that's a great, great film. So such an amazing film sequence right there. But, yeah, that very, very high on the list, I think, of influential movies for most of today's younger folks with the AK. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that that kind of, um, you know, we can segue a little bit into where, you know, one of my theories on the popularity of the AK now over where it used to be and why it's so accepted and so many people are into the platform now. And it really goes to millennials. Um you know, there's a lot of people in gun culture right now that did not grow up in the Cold War. They don't have any memories of the Cold War. They were not alive when the USSR existed. Um, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that they're shooting guns that were born after 1989. Um, so they, a lot of these younger kids don't have the built-in stigma, uh, you know, stigma against the AK-47. Um, you know, there was no Soviet Union when they grew up. We weren't fighting a Cold War. Um, it's just another gun to them. It's just cool, and other countries use it, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I really think that a huge part of the growth in the AK and, Jeremy, what we what you brought up earlier about, um, you know, extra parts being made for them, accessorizing them, um, triggers, all the stuff that's available now for AKs, I think falls into that form because the kids who want to trick out their guns, who have always grown up since they've been around the gun cultures had tricked out ARs and tricked out guns. And, you know, they want an AK platform that's modular um, to be more similar to what they know. And that's spurred on the growth of all the stuff, you know, you see now, like what Occam makes, you know, what century makes, you know, what um, all the, all the, you know, US IWI Palm. is making with the yeah. glue. Yeah. yeah IWI, and, you know, um, US Palm, just all the different stuff that's out now is because we're catering to a market that doesn't have any preconceived notions about the AK-47 like I do being my age. Um, you know, these guys in their 20s. Well, I think they even do because through the video games, through the movies, they still, they've still come up with – they just don't have that negative that preconceived ex Exactly stigma. right. They understand where it comes from. They're not stupid. That's what I'm saying. But well, they don't grow I'll, up with – well, well, argue with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, I mean, they didn't grow up <laughs> with a bad negative feeling deep down inside their soul that was beaten into them yeah. as a child that this gun is evil. Um, any, well, more than, any more than any other gun is evil. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, so, uh, sorry, Andrew, to keep cutting in no. on you, but I would say arguably uh, discussion of the evils of communism has been sorely underserved in education lately, as evidenced in these 
idiot. Well, these these uh, these people out in the streets who are Marxists wanting to do that to our country. I mean, you know, I'm I'm quite sure they don't know the body count and they don't know, you know, about Che Guevara killing homosexuals and blacks for fun uh, yeah. as cockroaches. You know, they don't know any of that stuff. And it's a bummer. I wish they were a little more scared of communism. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or they don't, in Taliban run uh, countries, they throw them off of uh, off of roofs or stone them to death. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That we that we do, we have lots of problems and we still live in the best country on earth by, you know, for racism and all of the um, all of the complaints. It's like, you know, we just any way you slice it, we're extremely blessed. And any way you slice it, communism is is just a scourge. And we're lucky that one good thing came out of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. But yeah, I mean, and you're right. They don't have any education on communism. They don't teach them about, I mean, honestly, in college, they teach them how great communism is, um, how wonderful it is, even though it failed repeatedly. Um, you know, but you know, you're correct. So, but you know, but they don't have that, like we, you know, my generation, we hate communism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Communism is bad. Communism is evil. We were. Well, because it is. Yeah. I mean, well, it <laughs> is. It, it is. Yeah. They but, don't have good reference points. They're not being educated. Yeah. This episode of the Talking Lead AK Corner Season 2 is brought to you in part by Occam Defense. The guys at Occam love the AK, but didn't love burning their hands, getting cut by their pre-sharpened gun, or the lack of options for accessories. After spending a few years in the lab, they've recently released the ODS 1775, which brings the best of the AR family to the Kalashnikov's reliability. It's still an AK under the hood. AK mags, forged Polish AK parts, but with American aerospace manufacturing practices and ingenuity. Check them out at OccamDefense.com or on Instagram at OccamDefenseSolutions. But we're going to go back about. to pop culture now, yeah. and we're going to get into the AK-47 um, in other aspects too, not just movies, not just video games, but in, in sports as well. In 2001... Uh, and I'm not a big basketball dude, but the dude's name is Andrea Kurlinko. Uh, he was born in the same town as the Kalashnikov is produced. Izvesk. Is that Izvesk. Okay. Uh, he started playing forward for the Utah Jazz, and guess what his number was? 47. <laughs> <laughs> number 47. And it was intentionally 47 because of the AK-47. And he would have been a villain in 1985. Yeah. I mean, literally, people would have, like, you know, hated him and booed him and threw stuff at him. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, fast forward to 2001, and that's, like, cool to be from where the AK is from. Yeah. And then in, in music, you've got NWA straight out of Compton. Oh, great album. The defining anth anthem of gangster rap. Includes a short uh, a shout out to the Kalashnikov. AK forty seven is the tool. Oh, and don't forget, you know, Ice Cubes. Do it, Ice Cube. Today was a good day. You know, today didn't even have to use my AK. Today was a good day, right? <laughs> and I mean, if you want to start talking about rap songs, we got to talk about the Draco. I mean, the Draco oh, is yeah. on top of the charts. Uh, a few weeks ago, seven out of ten. Of the the top ten hip hop tracks, at trending. Least, it was trending, trending. At least mentioned <laughs> the Draco in their song, and uh, you know, so yeah, definitely pop culture. AKs are still. Isn't there a rapper named Draco? Yeah, there's. Well, there's. Uh, they got a song called Draco. I think there's a musician named Draco too. It's probably Lil Draco. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably Lil Draco. 
I don't know. If, check, if there isn't one, I'm, that's my new rap name. Check your Google. I don't know. Uh, in 2005, there was uh, this this swanky designer guru, Felipe Stark. Uh, he released a line of gun-shaped lamps, and one of those was in the shape of an AK-47. It was available in chrome or gold. Great for armchair dictators. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I need one of those. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we need to Google and see if they're still available. Yeah, Maybe they're on Amazon. I'm going to have to get me one of those. Uh, and then in 1996, Brooklyn hipsters declare their allegiance to the borough and their superiority over fellow gentrifiers by wearing AK Beckoned def- Defend Brooklyn t-shirts. It had like an AK and then it said Defend and then Brooklyn underneath it. Yeah, there was a, there was a trend of, of those going on for a while. And then our, our boy over at um, uh, Indo apparel in california he's got uh defend freedom ones that were kind of copied off that brooklyn shirt okay cool if anybody's if anybody likes uh weird crazy cool ak shirts and ar shirts indo apparel guy's pretty cool he's got some cool stuff if you've yeah. never checked him out so all ages are getting just all kinds of exposure to the to the ak uh, even in the, the 80s you know i'm a kid of the 80s and the uh when the small gi joes came out like we mentioned earlier cobra you know, their weapon was the AK-47. The Cobra soldiers had the AK-47. And throughout the years of those of that toy line, they, you know, they came out with different variations of the AKs, and they had Galils and uh, very realistic toys. So, I mean, even 10, 10-year-old, I mean, 8-year-olds, however old you are when you get your G.I. Joes, getting exposed to the AK-47. And what was great about those is on the card, you know, they had a bio, and they talked about the the character and they talked about their weapons and uh, it's very, very detailed, very realistic. Oh yeah. And, it, and of uh, course, I've got some good controversy for you guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a little kid, uh, the bikes that we learned to ride on had banana seats on them. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know, you guys remember the banana seats? Stingrays, it was baby. Like, Schwinn stingrays. You could, yeah. Yeah. You could fit like three people on one seat. And they were great for learning to ride on because you could kind of shift around until you, you know, your legs could sort of touch the ground. Uh And uh, also during that time, I remember all of us little kids talking about the banana clip. And recently there's been some more discussion that with like modern art, the guy that duct taped the banana to the wall and sold it for a hundred grand. But that sort of reignited some controversy and. It's my vague understanding of it is occasionally some of my old Vietnam era guys that I was telling you about or will call it a banana clip. And in my mind, correcting a retired SF uh, Vietnam dude on proper pronunciation of the thing that holds the bullets is not a thing that one does. Never. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Okay. So. So uh, are, are, are we all in agreement that old dudes get to call the, the, the thing that holds the bullets whatever the hell they want? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that dude because he's, he's had some, some life lessons. If he wants to call it a clip, he can call it a clip. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys haven't seen the, uh, the old Century Arms banana clip patch, you'll, you'll freaking laugh your ass off when you do see it. Oh, nice. Uh, but but Google are, uh, I think, I mean, we had some at SHOT this year, but a few years ago they came out with it at SHOT Show. And it's a Velcro, you know, patch, like, you know, typical patch, but it's it's a banana clip. You have to check it out. <laughs> so let's go to our, our listeners now. Let's go to uh, Facebook and Instagram. Let's see what some of our listeners are saying about, you know, what 
what movies, what TV shows, what really uh, pop culture uh, defines their uh, love and understanding of the AK. Uh, let's see. Jonathan Gallup, Giddy Up, says the opening sequence of GoldenEye was AK heavy. It's been a while since I've watched GoldenEye. That's a James Bond movie. Uh, I would say there's probably a lot of James Bond movies there's AKs, but uh, I need to rewatch that one. It's been a minute since I've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm sure only bad guys have them too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that a, is GoldenEye a Pierce Brosnan one? I don't remember. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Pierce. Yeah, I tend to, I don't know, that middle period there. It was, Pierce uh, did okay, but, but the Roger Dalton one, like I kind of go Connery and uh, what the heck's the guy that's just retiring Timothy now? Timothy Dalton is who you're saying. You said Roger Dalton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, whoever. Timothy Dalton. Timothy yep. Dalton is in a new uh, Disney Doom Patrol uh, series. It's pretty good, actually. Just so y'all know. You're a nerd. Rayo Shields says, what about Sonny Pazikas running an AK in daylight? Yeah, it was a zombie movie, but still. Also going back to the 80s, the Out of the Ashes series of books by John Stone Heck. Uh, the Going Home series by Chris Weatherman. I'm not familiar with those, but okay. Cool. Yeah, there's a ton of... Pretty much every movie that Sonny is in, he's rocking either a crank or a standard AK, yeah, or like AK one hundred or something, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, and also Jaeger was in Daylight's End rocking an AK. And between the two of them, I think you kind of have the the current iconic image of you know post apocalyptic cowboy kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now I saw some movie with uh, with Sonny in it. It was a. Uh... A zombie-ish kind of movie, and he got ate by the zombie. That's Daylight's End. There's, there's but, but he, he took it down yeah. to the knife, though, man. He was battling it with a knife. You know, he ran out of, <laughs> out of bullets and right. drew down on with a knife. Everyone does know, though, that the AK is the official platform of the zombie apocalypse. That's guaranteed. <laughs> no discussion needed. We all know it. It's just a fact. So here's one from uh, Nicholas Dooley. He agrees that Red Dawn is easy answer. Uh by the one of the coolest in heart, but one of the coolest is Hardcore Henry. They shoot the whole thing in first person and have scenes with crazy AK reloads. I watched that a, lo- a while back, and I'll have to watch it again. I don't remember all that, but I remember oh, yeah. that. F- it was like he a GoPro. Awesome. They shot it with a GoPro. It was really cool. Yeah, it was a cool movie. And then, you know, after you finish it, watching how they made it is just as cool. Like the, the, they have like at the end of the thing, you know, how we made the movie or whatever. And just, it, it's a masterpiece. I'm sure, I'm surprised that more people, that nobody else has kind of done that again because it was so, um, immersive. And yeah, it's almost all AK in that movie. I think they shot it somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, Dustin Warren says, I agree, Red Dawn is a badass movie, but when it comes to AK references, Heartbreak Ridge always comes to mind. Yep. Clint Eastwood. Absolutely. That's the one with the Schweed in it, right? Yeah. Schweed, Schweed. Yeah. And and he gets, oh, we can cuss on this, right? Yeah. And he's in the, when he's in the prison cell, he's like, motherfucker jawhead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that line always stuck out to me, but oh, it made me laugh when I heard it. I was little and it. You know, anytime they cussed, it was always funny, but that one was extra funny. Oh, one of my favorites uh, was Samuel L. Jackson in um, uh, Jackie Brown. Oh, yeah. 
He says, when you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitutes. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the AK. That's right. Yeah, that was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Isn't that a... Uh... That's Pulp Fiction, right? No, no that wasn't Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown. That's Jackie nope. Brown. Yes, I stand corrected. I apologize. No, it's all good. But yeah, there's so many good references with the AKs. Um, of course, you know, Zombieland, the the second Zombieland movie, they used the, uh, uh, you know, it's a Draco, but you know, a crank style AK. Yeah, um, that's good. Let's see. Um, Nathan Shepard grew up on Red Dawn, Rambo two and three, and Navy Seal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another, another yeah. Tiger Blood Sheen oh, movie. Great movie. I need to be friends with that guy. We 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 would probably hang out. <laughs> yeah. If he drinks oh, White Claws, funny. though, he's out. It's funny, but on Jocko's podcast, he always asks people how they got started, and that Charlie Sheen Navy Seal movie is has to be responsible for something like seventy or eighty percent of Navy Seal. <laughs> No, <laughs> Navy SEAL recruits. That was yeah. such a bad movie. Yeah, oh, good. shut your damn mouth! Like it, it you was so bad. I liked it, but it was so bad, and I feel bad about liking it because it was so bad. Yeah, I when we're talking, I and it's got you're the glowing things about Red Dawn, sir, and I don't think you can disparage Navy SEAL <laughs> and hold up Red Dawn as a cinematic. You know, piece of brilliance. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I do love Navy Seal. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's no Red Dawn. Hey, I've watched Navy Seals probably just as much as I've watched Red Dawn. But again, it's one of those guilty pleasures. Yeah. Uh, Peter Wick Wiktorsky, Cobra action figures. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds here. There's more Red Dawns. I got to say, Marty, looking over your shoulder at your computer screen, this has got to be about the most comments I've ever seen people drop on an episode. Oh, there's, there's just tons. There's just tons a massive thread of it. Tons. People love this. Yeah, I mean, pe- people... Taps is not a uh, AK movie, but it was it's a good movie. Yeah. But yeah, there's like, you know, there people are attaching photos. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. They're going crazy. Uh, so let's go to, let's go to Instagram. That's a bunch on Facebook. That, that's just Facebook. Yeah. And then Instagram, we had a whole bunch more. I remember seeing some really cool references. What about something out of the ordinary that you guys can think of that uh, contributes to the the AK? I got a good one for you. Really great action movie that came out recently by my least favorite government, um, (laughs) the Chinese. It's called Red Sea Resort. And it's a, you know, it's a, a, it's actually a really well done action movie about Chinese rescuing um chinese citizens and others from gosh it was eritrea or somewhere like that um ethiopia something like that and what's so funny is that all of the the high speed you know special operators that the chinese send in in that movie are wearing american shit they're wearing knockoffs i assume of like cry precision pants they're running like an M4. If I, and I hope I'm not making this up. If I remember right, it's they're running almost pure American rigs. It's probably paintball stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know it's funny. I've seen I've seen that movie on either Netflix or Amazon Prime, and I hadn't watched it yet, but it piqued my interest, and it's like in my like to watch section, my queue. Yeah. I'll you, check it out then. It it. What's also really interesting about that movie is what the Chinese government is trying to tell you with the movie. Mm-hmm. 
and that analyzing their culture through it. And I, I realize that's a, a tricky business, but I, I really enjoyed seeing what Chinese, what the Chinese film industry thought a good movie was. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good and action they, movie. Yeah. So yep, going yep. through Instagram, uh, Lord of Wars on here. Um, Red Dawn, 007, GoldenEye, uh, Heartbreak Ridge, Chris Howard says Heartbreak Ridge, Bird Brain Industries says Blood Diamond. That was a yeah. pretty good movie. Yeah, there was a lot of AKs in Blood Diamond. That's true. Yeah. Tropic Thunder. I was yeah. gonna. I was saving that one because I got one right here. That's what I was saying. And my favorite is from Austin Whalen. He throws in Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> that was, it was very heavy in the AK. It was a great movie. It, it was so wrong, it was so right. <laughs> they could not make that movie now. No, they could. No. I'm they, they probably they already it. took it off Netflix. Probably. <laughs> Fucking uh, Downey Jr. doing blackface. Oh, brutal. My God. I'm just <laughs> a dude playing a them. dude who's another dude. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely well, not getting away with that one today. No way, man. And that, that spawned a, a saying that that actually Christian Green of Green Force Tactical, I think, coined it when he saw something that I did to his holsters to do what I thought made them better. And he, he replied to the picture that I sent him, you went full engineer, never go full engineer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, Tropic Thunder is, def- <laughs> Tropic Thunder is canceled. It's canceled. <laughs> you guys remember the uh, Firefly? Yeah, with the AKs and Firefly. So, yeah, there were, apparently there was because I've had a couple of people mention that. I mean, I, I love those. Are they talking about the series or the movie, or just said Firefly? I'm assuming it's the series. I mean, I guess maybe they did have. They had a bunch of weird, like modified cowboy guns. Mm-hmm. But maybe, yeah, maybe I do remember some I mean, like Star Wars modified old. Uh, World War Two guns, Luger's, yeah, yeah. Or that was a broom handle. Han Solo's was a broom handle originally. Yeah, and then the the blasters were something that they yeah, modified. P thirty eights, I think. II also, yeah. but yeah. So yeah, lots of great submissions here. So thanks to all you lead heads for uh, taking part in that. And there's just there's tons and tons and tons of you here. So I don't know how we're going to go about picking a winner because we're going to pick our winner from the people who contributed to. Uh, to our post here that's how we're going to pick a winner uh anything else you think you know pop culture wise that we're overlooking that we're missing that we it's just so obvious i don't know i can't think of anything else any vehicles or anything like that well the hilux i mean is the ak of of road vehicles the <laughs> yeah, <word. laughs> yeah well it's called the tacoma what people don't know everybody thinks the tacoma is badass and it is but it is a fully neutered version of a of a car of a truck that Toyota sells in the rest of the world is the Hilux, and it comes with a gorgeous little diesel engine that just works. And uh, yeah, we sadly in enlightened America, we because of environmental reasons, we have to have the Tacoma. But like in Europe, like I I got to drive one in Finland, and it was incredible. And you would think that you know the EPA could see their way, way clear if. If the uh, if it's good enough for Northern Europe, it's probably good enough for us. Nah, it's yeah. it, Chevrolet, man. We only drive American cars. Right oh, here. another good movie, Black Hawk Down. <laughs> Black Hawk Down. Oh yeah, the Skinnies had lots of AKs. 
And in the pirate movie, uh, the Captain Captain Phillips. No, the one where Tom Hanks played the captain of the Captain Phillips. Oh, what was the movie called? Though? <laughs> it's Captain Phillips. That's Phillips. Oh, they named the movie that. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't think it was named that. But yeah, there's a lot of AKs in that one too. Yeah, pretty much anytime there's bad guys, there's an AK in it. So it's you know. Yeah, we had um, who mentioned Captain Phillips? SSLR one thousand. He put Captain Phillips. Uh, Bildo mentioned Black Hawk Down. Oh, there's uh, there's another one that's horribly depressing that I don't necessarily recommend. That's about child soldiers called Beasts of No Nation. Beasts. Yeah, yeah. And that has that has the full nasty, the worst of anything that you could think about the AK in it is in that movie. Yeah. That's yeah. on. That's like a Netflix original or something. That it? was a really, really well made movie. I, actually, they. I mean, it is a, a sad, depressing, awful, awful movie, but. Um, it was really well made. Is extremely eye opening. Yeah, he's he's the the pimp. Let's call yeah, him right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. I need to watch that one. Yeah, it's really it, good. it's worth watching, but it'll just make you want to go and and go on a killing spree for shit bags, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But machete yeah, chop somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other show, the machete. <laughs> Man, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do a, a, a regular talking lead episode on machete oh, hacking? Machete hacking. <laughs> oh god! Oh gosh! Well, there you go, guys. Um, that that brings us up to date to the the stigma of the AK forty seven starting off as a bad guy gun and then being you it's know, still the bad socially guy gun. accepted here in the United States and and desired and wanted. And I think that's got a lot to do with companies like Century Arms, like Occam Defense Solutions, uh, you know, other uh, American companies that are out there and, and, and redesigning and making, you're not really redesigning, but you're making the AK better by using better parts, better components, yeah. uh, and improving and the reliability, the accuracy. And, and doing the things to the guns that the American market, that the U.S. market wants, you know. Um, yeah. We- we owe a great debt to Mark Krebs and, and Jim Fuller for paving the way there. Um, not that not, but just, you know, we're those of us who are newer to the game are standing on their shoulders in a big way. Absolutely. And Jim was, was going to join <clears throat> us this episode, but they're in the, the midst of relaunching his, his new brand there. And I guess he's in Arizona now. That's correct. Yep. Yep. And uh, they're, doing the website and getting all that up and, and going. So uh, really would have loved to have heard from him on this episode, but uh, he said he's going to join us later on in another episode. So we'll get fuller on. He'll update us on what all's going on with his new brand. That'll so, be great. So make sure see what yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, but big thanks to all our sponsors, uh, Century Arms, Bringing the season two AK corner to you, Leadheads. Like I said, we got one more episode to go for season two before we wrap it up. Occam Defense Solutions, uh, each and every episode has been here contributing, helping, and uh, giving just great deals and prizes out to our Leadheads. So thank you, Brian, for all your contribution to this season so far. Well, thank you to those listeners who have become customers. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, and then, of course, IWIUS. Although you you joined us later in the game, we glad we're glad that you jumped on board and uh, are part of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Looking forward to doing more with you guys in the future, there, Jeremy. 
always glad to be here, learn something new every time. Now, you are invited to come on our regular show because IWI does more than just the Galil. Um, just real quick, talk about some of the other product lines that you guys are carrying. So we've mentioned the Uzi in this in this podcast. Uh, so we build that, and then the then the Tavor, the Bullpup uh, X95. We've also got the Jericho pistol, the Masato pistol. Uh, let's see here, and the Gevs, our belt-fed machine guns, um, and then we've got our new. Our, we we branched out into the M4 variants as well, and got some other cool stuff coming on the pipeline. So the so. the uh, Uzi. Talk about your Uzi real quick. A little more detail. Man, man, the Uzi's got a lot of history with it, and um, it's super fun to shoot. It's gone through many evolutions of uh, – seems like just getting smaller and smaller. I'm trying to convince Israel to go back to the mini and the micro, uh, but we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's just you know similar to the AK, and it's it's just long-standing history of just running. That's what the Uzi's known for, and it's pistol variant uh, or rifle variant for however you, however you look at it. And then, you know – you know, Delta Force with Chuck Norris and the Uzi kind of just sticks out in everybody's mind. There's um, somebody, I mean, his movies, Delta Force and all those that Chuck Norris did. I bet there's some AKs in some of his movies, too. Oh, yeah, bad guys have them. He did some, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're the bad guy guy. He did some uh, Vietnam stuff, too, where he's going oh, yeah. and finding the POWs. Absolutely, dude. What was that yep. called? Was that Delta Force? That was something else, wasn't it? I think it was something else. I can't remember. But, yeah, Chuck Norris. But other than that, yeah, we're just uh, continuing to update some of the OG stuff and then bringing online some uh, some newer stuff as well, just as, as we talked about earlier, giving the American market what they truly want in our weapon systems. So. Leadhead, shoot me an email, talkingleadgmail.com, if you'd like to hear an episode on the Uzi. I want to see what the interest is on us doing a hey, episode Marty. just the Uzi. Shut up, Andrew. No, I think Uzi's a great idea, but it's, <laughs> I cannot believe we forgot this. You know, you were saying, what was the one pop culture thing we're forgetting that's so obvious? What? It was the Chuck Norris missing in action movies. Missing in action. What? Yeah. I mean, I can't believe yes. we all forgot that, but I mean, that and, is like so AK heavy. And I didn't see any of our, our listeners that mentioned that either. No. Yeah. I mean, that came out the same year. <laughs> missing in action came out the same year as Red Dawn. Oh, wow. Well, it probably got overshadowed by Red Dawn. That's probably what it is. There you go. So, Brian, real quick, Occam Defense Solutions. Uh, talk about your hex mags, your new, or not your new, but you guys have re started reproducing the uh, rear sight towers. Yeah, we've got rear sight blocks back, RSTs back in stock, and uh, we're making those in in-house now. Um, we just released a Vortex flash hider that is uh, compatible with the dead air line of suppressors. Um, lots more stuff coming out. Um, we, yep, we've got our hex stock that uh, gives you a bunch of sling attachment points and a skeletonized aluminum billet chassis um, that goes onto a 1913 rear trunnion. Great for any pick, rear, pick rail rear trunnion. Marty's got one up on the... Uh, uh, on the screen here for us to look at right now. Put mine up uh, the other day. Put it, I switched it out. You get you had sent me the uh, folding something or another, but I like this a lot better. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, well, there's going to be a foldy version of that one in a few weeks. Here, we just six hours been kind enough to sell us the hinge parts, oh, which really? I really like. That are, that are a derivative of the Galil style of folder. And, uh, yeah, the Hex is going to be available in a foldy deal in, in uh, short order here. I don't want to say exactly, probably four weeks, six weeks, something like that. We'll pull one aside. 
We'll do it. Because <laughs> sure. I want a foldy one. I got to have a foldy one. Hey, why, why, why have the expert on right now? Which which one of your, because you have multiple rear sight towers, correct? You have two different versions? I We used to produce two kinds. Now we just produce one for the stamped version okay. of the Kalashnikov. But we actually might bring back, because there's a lot of call for it, the Century compatible one. Century, their, their stamped guns have barrels that are of a milled profile. Yeah. That's what I was just about to ask about because I want one for my Visca. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll make that happen then uh, since since you want one for sure. Um, nice. Yep. Yeah. All right. Real quick before you go, I know you got to go. Go to uh, Instagram or Facebook, whichever one you've got, and pick pick one of our winners. The one that Brian picks is going to win the Palm U.S. Palm shirt and patch and the waterproof travel bag. Oh, boy. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> don't cherry pick now just randomly go through there and pick something. well no i'm trying to find the post i wasn't on it i'm uh oh i tagged you um, just go to my facebook page and or instagram page cool talking lead in case you don't know well i was getting distracted by all the new tiktok girls dancing on the gram because they can't on tiktok anymore so oh nice <laughs> I see the Jeff Kirkham post. It's the one with the red dawn. Uh, it's my most recent post. Here we go. Great. <clears throat> oh, the Jens Rifleman. The Lord Gen of War with Brass Case 762 by 39. Okay. The Jens Rifleman. You have won the U.S. Palm Shirt patch and the Century Waterproof Travel Bag. Sweet. Oh, and I should have picked my man, Ginger Magic 1775, who is an amazing individual. But uh, yeah, we're going to, the Jens gets it. All right. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh, Jeremy, you're going to pick for Sir. the three U.S. Palm mags. You can go to Facebook or Instagram. All right. What did, uh, what did he pull from, Instagram or Facebook? He pulled from Instagram. All right. So I'll go to your Facebook then. Okay, cool. Let's see here, talking lead. Brian, if you need to go, go ahead. Yeah, man, sorry. Unfortunately, I got a jam. Great to talk with all you guys. Thank you. Have all a right. great day. Good talking to you, too. Later. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy, bud. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Let's go with, let's see, load all comments, and then we're just going to scroll. Yep, scroll, scroll, scroll. Stop. Dustin Warren. Dustin Warren. There you go. That was for the three U.S. Palm mags. Congratulations, Dustin. And Andrew, you're going to pick for the 100 rounds of the 762 by 39. Well, you're going to have to pull up some social media for me then. What am I supposed to do with this now? You're just going to go through there and randomly pick uh, a winner. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to pick this Ginger Magic 1775 guy because the first thing he says is Red Dawn is, of course, the number one. <laughs> okay, there so, you go. So he gets that Red, that red Army standard ammo, and I'm going to uh, – I believe I have a few of those banana mag patches squirreled away at my house, so I'm going to send him a banana mag patch, too. Nice. There you go. So congratulations to our winners. If we uh, just announced your name, shoot me an email, talkinglead at gmail.com, and I'm going to forward your info to, uh, to Century there, and they're going to hook you up with your prize. So very good show, guys. Thank you so much for taking part, Jeremy. As always, man, uh, it's a pleasure having you on, and I want to get you on our regular show. been trying to get you on for a while now. I know you're so busy over there. You guys have been just trying to keep up 
keep your keep your head above water with all the demand. Um, yeah, we'll make it happen here shortly. Very good, very good. And Andrew, Century Arms, thank you guys so much for bringing the AK Corner to season two, and uh, almost done here. We got one more episode. It's flown by. It has flown by. It has. So until the next episode, Leadheads, go out and support those that make this show possible. Show them your love on Instagram, Facebook, and the best way to do it is go buy their products. See ya! Outtakes, outtakes, outtakes. This chair is so loud, Marty. Every time I move, it's like... It's because you're so big. Fuck you. There's a... Me, uh, did you just call me fat? I just said big. I just like fat. But you insinuated that I was fat. I've... My hair's a mess. Yeah, it's an uncharacteristically bad hair day for you. You normally got that shit on lock. I had my hat on at the gym today. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I went to the gym today. Had my hat on. <laughs> that's, why, that's why my hair's a mess. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Really throwing, I was throwing up a lot of weights today with my hat on. <laughs> threw down two sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits. That's all I threw down today. You know, get your work in any way you can. Hey, man, those, those biscuits ain't for no bitches, I'll tell you that. <laughs> biscuits and... I did not have any biscuits and today. But now that you mention it, I'm going to have to have some tomorrow. Marty, the lead quarters is a mess. You need to clean up in here, buddy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. um, I feel like you guys would resonate with that. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> it's pretty great. That, the Bert guy, he's the one who doesn't wear a shirt during his stand-up. Ex- exactly the man. Yeah. And he is just a... He is the real person that the movie Van Wilder is about. The seven-year really? party animal. Yeah. Um, Rolling Stone did an article on Florida State, and they heard legend of a dude that had been there for seven years and was the the king of all party animals, and that was Bert. That was Bert. That's how he got I believe that. That was Bert. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's hilarious. If I, could, if I would yeah. ever made it to college, I would have been Bert. Oh, it's not a bad way to go, man. I was I was him for four years. <laughs> How did you do that and make it through with an aerospace degree? Well, you're that damn smart, I guess is the answer. But I'm impressed. <laughs> I don't know. It was. I, I amazed myself. No, no. <laughs> what 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 did Marty, Marty tell you he majored in? Some sort of aerospace engineering or uh, something. Yeah. No, Marty majored in. <laughs> That's how he graduated. <laughs> there, there it is. Life of a bachelor, man. Man, it looks like a looks like the the dirty room in the back of a Somali cave. And by the way, everybody, natural light seltzer in Aloha beaches sucks. <laughs> the, the flavor. Hey, hey, Marty, I didn't need you to tell me that. I just saw that it said seltzer on it, and I knew it sucked anyway. You don't even drink, so shut up. Yeah, but if I did, I was sure as shit wouldn't drink natural light seltzer. You would if it was in your refrigerator. No. I don't know where it came from.
Tia drank them nasty things. No. They have a lot of alcohol in them, though. Doesn't it have like 7% alcohol in it or some shit? 6%? Natural Yeah, it has more than like White Claws and shit. No, it has more. Six percent, yeah, right there. It says there you go. So six percent. So it's more than White Claw. So if your aim is to get drunk and all you're going to drink is seltzers, natural light seltzers will get you drunk as the fastest. It defeats the COVID. It defeats COVID. You have COVID. Probably your IT guy. What's his name? Andrew, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Makes sense his name would be Andrew. If your IT guy's name is Andrew, you're screwed. I can barely even use my iPhone. People named Andrew are technologically illiterate. It's true. I like this Obsidian Arms AR-15 armor punch set you have, Marty. Yeah, it's a nice punch set. I'm going to steal that shit from you. Actually, I'm just going to go order one. Obsidian's got some pretty nice stuff. Is it giving you an error message? You're an error message. Is this happening, Marty? This is getting ready to happen. Right, let me get geared up then. Hold on.